Hey guys, Zach here, just jumping on before today's pod to give a quick intro for today's guest. Both Cam and I were extremely excited to have former Toledo punter Bailey Flint join us today and talk about his journey from growing up in Hoppers Crossing and making the transition to punting via Pro Kick and all the places that the sport has taken him. So look, hope the members enjoy this chat and uh, let's get stuck into it. Wherever you listen throughout the world, it's football time! Welcome back to another episode. Uh, as always, my name is Zach and joining me is Cam. Uh, but this week we have a very special guest on board for us, uh, Mr. Bailey Flint. Uh, basically what we view, I hope you don't mind us saying, but also almost Australian's very own version of Troy Bolton, our generation's Troy Bolton. You look like you're good at sports, singing, acting, and just a very good looking fella by the looks of it. So a real quadruple threat. But uh, all jokes aside, we're super excited to have you here. Um, you know, thanks for coming on board, mate. Absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hope you didn't mind that one. So um, I guess before we jump into your sort of your football journey, tell us a bit more about you as an individual, what it was like growing up for you in Melbourne, just things like that. Yeah, so I grew up out west uh, in, uh, in Hoppers Crossing, um, and I actually grew up not playing any sport. Um, you know, like I, play, I, I played Auskick when I was like real, real young. And then I uh, didn't do nothing after that all through primary school. I remember I started basketball. I probably did it for about two, three weeks and I quit. You know, I was doing this, that, just I tried a couple of things here and there. The, the, the most sport that I ever played was, was at, you know, snack and lunchtime, messing around, you know, messing around with a footy or a soccer ball or whatever was the, you know, the flavor of the month, basically, you know, at school with whatever we were all going to go play. Um, so that was like super interesting for me. And I also never like really ever, uh, caught up with my own body because you know when you're a kid and you, you just you sprout up real quick and then you're real clumsy i was just always clumsy because as soon as i finally got grips with my body i grew again and i yeah. just kept growing taller and taller and it was just such a pain you know and it was something real hard to kind of to kind of get around with and and uh and get on top of um and then when you know uh when i was in sort of well when i was in high school i was uh no sports at all to the point of where like I played I, I played footy in year seven and mm. then uh I completely dropped that I wasn't doing anything all I was doing was riding my bike my my skateboard I was going to the skate park every so often but other than that mate I was just a massive computer game nerd I was just playing games all the time I didn't care what it was that's all I wanted to do is go home I built a pc I was just playing games every night and that's all I, that's all I cared about doing um to the point where I was gonna drop out and I was going to become an auto electrician because I just loved cars. And mm. mum said, if you drop out of school and you want to work, you got to work. No more games. Oh. <laughs> I said, well, I'm going to stay in school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's the thing. I suppose you could start a career now with Twitch and all that starting. I know. And that's like, that's something I would love to be able to do, you know, like if I could, because I definitely, you know, go to the NFL, you're going to have a, a, a a pretty good platform i mean even mm. when i was in college like i started a i started a twitch and became a um i don't know what the first member is you get like 50 subscribers and you yeah, use yeah. a certain amount of hours you become like an affiliate i did that in like a week so i was like oh maybe i could do this you know but i don't have, <laughs> i don't have myself i did it using playing on my ipad i was playing that's a game right. on my ipad that's how good i am just a bit, <laughs> of, bit of candy crush yeah jeez <laughs> oh yeah, yeah so that was uh you know that was a, an interesting, um, interesting thing for me because it, it surprised a lot of people when I when I was saying I was going to America. Because mm -hmm. I, um, in high school, I dropped out of year twelve, and then I went uh, to boarding school in Utah, and then uh, that's where I first played football. But I didn't punt. I was like the fourth string punter at the start of it because we had guys like um, this kid Bailey Kenter. I don't know if you ever heard or met Bailey Kenter. He's no. he was uh, he was a high school player over there uh in the state he's from australia ah played for he played for the monash warriors yeah. uh, in their juniors and he went over and he was like a top punter um in the country so i was like oh, okay i'm not gonna punt all right whatever but i was six four or six three you know six three they're like they needed o-linemen <laughs> and i just kept getting bigger and i've just come to america and i got all this food in front of me that i love to eat and i'm Ooh. not gonna say no to and I don't got my mum telling me don't eat no more. So I'm just eating as much <laughs> as I want. So now I'm 260 pounds 
Uh, whatever. I don't even know what that equates. I was about 130 kilo probably or something, or maybe less. Dude. But uh, I was I was I was at least 120 once, you know. Mm, for sure. But it's a big kid. But I was, <laughs> yeah. I was just fat. That's all it was, you know. And uh, and yeah, I played O line in, wow. in high school for a year after that. And then uh, it was like, oh, how am I gonna like? This is I'm so far behind. Like I don't understand the game. I am nowhere near strong enough to be an offensive lineman in college. Like I was like, this is not gonna work. Like I'm not gonna be able to do this sort of thing. Long story short, I went back to Australia, and that's when I actually reached out to Jordan Berry and mm-hmm. asked, "How'd you do it?" You know, sort of thing. And he's like, "I went to Pro Kick Australia." Um, and, you know, he said, "He said call him up and and you know, just give him a give him a go." And I, and I did. Um, so I went down there, and I remember my first session. Uh, my, yeah, my very first session was when Michael Dixon left. Was Michael Dixon's last session? so just like what a what a flip around you know oh 100 <laughs> yeah and and you know back then you no idea oh yeah this, who's this guy sort of you know <laughs> just some no name yeah yeah it's absolute legend every year you know <laughs> and it's been so cool to like watch because i mean i look up to those guys so much because i've mm. been able to watch them from from when i first just go through college and then go to the nfl and do what i want to do and just absolutely kill it too because like that's a, that's what's been so cool about a lot of the Aussies that have that have come over here and, and done well and gone to the league is like they don't just go to the league and be like a fringe player like they've gone and they've done really well, yeah. you know, like with with Mitch Wisnowski, you know, getting drafted super high and then just killing it consistently and then <laughs> Dicko, I mean that's you, you don't even really got to explain too much there. The the guy won the MVP of the last game he played in college football. That's pretty impressive, like. Wow. You know, so that really sets a good, sets a high standard for us Aussies, but it also paves a way for us to get us a bit of respect in the locker room, you know? Yeah, it's almost changed the game really, hasn't it? Punting style. What did you, um, what was your overall pro kick experience like, you know, meeting those guys, I suppose, but then being around, because you do see some of the videos and a lot of them, I suppose, the training, it looks, even though you're a single individual position like a punter, but it seems like a really good team dynamic and things like that. It's a good community he's building. Yeah, it's super interesting because like, Obviously, like back when I started, there wasn't going to be as many people in it. And then over time, like as I, from when I started to when I was getting ready to leave myself, there had been a lot of other guys that had come through. Um, and it's just so interesting that like, because it's so specific um, because of the NCAA, uh, each person has just such a different path in front of them that is out of the control of Johnny and Chap. There's only so much that they can do. And they do, and they do so much for you. You know what I mean? But there's only so much that you can do. Like for me, I had to go to uni. So even if I was the best thing since sliced bread day one when I walked in, it doesn't matter. I couldn't go to any college until I went to uni. So I had to train with them yeah. for a year, no matter what, because um, I was an I was academically ineligible. There were guys uh, that were academically eligible, and they came in and they started after me and went to a school before me. So like mentally, you could look at it and be like, oh, well, that sucks. Like he had. He hasn't been here as long as I have, and da, 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 you know, like what's going on here? And he's already got a school. It's like, yeah, but it's it's not them, like Chappie and stuff like that. Like they've got so much, but they get they get asked, you know, they say we want this. If you don't fit that criteria, you can't go. Like, can you? You know what I mean? They turn yeah, around that's they right. want someone. They want someone six four and two hundred and twenty pounds. Well, well, Joe Blow, who's 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 five eleven, ain't getting the gig. No matter <laughs> if he's been at pro kick for three years, because coach over here don't give a shit how long you've been at pro kick. He, he wants a punter. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. I know when we spoke to him previously on the show, he's just like, oh, yeah, different colleges, they just want specific guys. And if you don't, yeah. as you just said, if they don't fit that mold, they're just not going to make it. So I guess, it, I mean, it's lucky for you, you joined probably further down the track because I know Jordan Berry was in that first sort of thing yeah. and they didn't really trust Chappie and I suppose they sort of built that rapport with colleges. So oh, was I that easy so for you? Yeah, I got so lucky with the the trust on like, uh, like my coach. He just said, this is what I want. And then uh, I'm pretty sure like Chap sent him three or four guys and he goes, I want that one. And, you know, that was just as simple as that. And then he's like, all right, cool. Um, I started talking to him on Twitter because it, it all, yeah. it, all football stuff is done on Twitter over here. All the recruiting and everything. It's like a big, big deal. So I didn't even have Twitter at the time. I just got it. You know, it was crazy. Um, and then he's like, yeah, just send us a couple of videos of you punting 20 balls consecutively. Okay. So just, we just had a five, 10 minute video of me you know, iPhone behind with jugs machine, just kicking 20 balls in a row. 
which is not realistic at all, not even for a practice period. Like <laughs> Absolutely. Where we're kicking six times. Like, But they just want to make sure that you they're not getting jibbed, you know, because they put a lot of money into you. It's a lot of money they got to put into you. Um, and that's what people don't realize sometimes. It's big business over here. That's why, like, they can't be wrong, you know. So they got to – it's not a matter of, like, oh, you're going to get a pro kick, you're just going to get a scholarship, you know. Mm-hmm. Nah, like, you got to be that dude. You know, like you got to be, you got to be willing to give up a lot because these people have given up everything and they're risking their job by, by bringing you over. Cause if, cause if a coach brings you over and you're on scholarship and you suck, well, you, you took a scholarship from them. They can't get another yep. guy. I was going to say, there's only a certain amount per like sport, isn't there? Or the, like, male, female, they kind of got to balance it up, don't they? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's an, it's a pretty intense thing. They have to, you know, stay pretty like they it gets scrutinized all the time, you know, and it's watched over and, and you know, there's no, there's no real room for error. I mean, so you ended up at, as you mentioned, Toledo, um, and you said they were sort of talking to you. Were there any other schools that were sort of interested in you, um, or was it basically just Toledo straight in, straight out? I had a bit of an interesting one. Everyone's going to have a very different story. You know, some guys will say no to their first offer, you know, mm-hmm. and Chuck kind of did a thing where he's like, that's fine. You know, you can, you, it's your life. You know what I mean? Like, we can't force you to go anywhere. But, like, at the same time, like, be realistic with, you know, what what is coming your way. Because everyone's going to be like, oh, I'm not going to say yes until I get a power five deal. And I mean, at the time, in my mind, I was like, yeah. But also, like, I was, like, pretty mature in the sense of, like, all right, I'm the first person in my family to graduate high school. And someone's about to give me an opportunity to go to college. And then they're going to pay for it. And they're going to get me out there. They're going to look after me for five years. I'm like, and no matter where I go, I'm going to be able to, like, do well. I was like, mate, you could give me anywhere. And I was going to say yes. Because I also (laughs) trusted with Chap. But I was like, he ain't going to just throw me out in the, in the woods somewhere where, you know, cause if I go to a great school, it's going to be, it looks great for them. You know, people, you know, you gotta, you gotta understand that. Like, and sometimes, you know, the, there might be some guys that think, Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting jibbed here. I'm going to a small school. It's like, well, mate, you're going to a small school because you, you're good enough to go to a small school. You know, I don't know if I was good enough to go to a power five school at the time. I mean, I would say yes, but it's like, everyone's going to believe in himself, you know? And, yeah. Um, but then again, you think of like Jordan Berry. Jordan Berry was good enough to go to a power five school. Jordan Berry was just coming over from Australia. So it's like they didn't trust it. You know what I mean? So it's like maybe Alabama wasn't looking for a guy. I wasn't going to even listen to a phone call from Nathan Chapman. You know, hey, but he made the most of it and he still it still is. I was just going to say from the outside looking in at Prokick, like you just see them put up all these things. Oh, this guy's going here. This guy's going here. Like young blokes probably see it and go, shit, like these guys are making it to these huge schools. Like I'm just going to jump in and do it. But it's not like that, is it? It isn't. It isn't because, like, one thing I would I would put to put to someone is like, you know, if, if you're thinking like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the next guy to go to Alabama. Well, who they got at Alabama right now? They got uh, James Bunyip. Um, yep. Kid six six, I think. Jesus. So, like, if you ain't six six, they ain't going to want to look <laughs> at you. You know, like, and he's there for the next four years, so they ain't even looking for a guy for the next four years. So Alabama ain't even on their their queue right now. No. I mean, so a kid, a kid graduating high school right now in Australia says, oh, my, my, I'm only going pro kick if I can go to Alabama. Go get a job for four years and then come back because you ain't going there anytime soon, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, I suppose, yeah, oh, 100%. So I suppose with Toledo, like, did it match sort of the degree you wanted to do or you picked the school first and said, yep, and then you sort of found the degree there? or Picked the school, it, yeah. pick the school first. Um, I had no, and, and that's a big thing for some guys, their decision, they already know what they're going to get into. Like I said, like first person in my family graduate high school, I was not going to go to uni. That was not mm. in my mind. I was, sure. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what I was going to do. I had a million one things in my mind that I wanted. To, like I wanted to be an auto lecky or something. Like I was, I was going to probably be some sort of tradie or mechanic. And uh, you know, so so me going to to school, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? You had to pick something on the application. I was like, I'll do entrepreneurial studies. And my mum convinced me to do that. She's like, that'd be a good one for you. Yeah, sweet. So I did that. And then I went down and I was like, all right, ooh, let's do communications. You know, media communication, broadcasting in front of the camera. Like, that'd be fun. You know, I've always, I always liked my media communication class uh, when I was doing it in uh, in year 12 in Australia. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do this my degree. Give me something to do, work in social media, with, you know, something like that. Um, and then I took a an acting for non-majors class. Um and it was just sort of pre, it was like a prerequisite. You had to take like one elective, you know, thing. Uh, did that and absolutely loved it. And the professor, Matt Foss, was just like a massive, really good mentor for me. Um, I loved it. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'd be able to do theater because like football's number one, like football pays the bills. 
Like, we, yeah. gotta, we gotta do football. He's like, we'll figure it out. I said, all right. <laughs> I'll trust you. Well, let's figure it out then. And may I tell you what, we figured it out. In my mm-hmm. time at University of Toledo, I graduated with an undergraduate degree in media communication and theater. And I'm about to graduate with my graduate degree with a master's in liberal studies with a focus on film and theater performance. In that time, I've performed in the school play during the football season. Huge. Uh, I went to Russia in 2019. I studied at the Moscow Art Theater and was um, uh, and I worked on a professional production at the Meyerhold Center in Moscow, um, as well as going to school and doing undergraduate research for the university. So, no, so they paid for me to go over there and paid me when I was there, you know, the whole time while still playing football. Then I came back, you know, here and then I was, you know, I was going at it. So it's just wild. It's a huge experience. That's what I mean. You're probably not going into it thinking like I'm going to end up here and this just path is taking oh, me down. Knew, knew none of that sort of stuff. Always like growing up, you know, you always think, oh, it'd be cool to be a movie star or something like that. <laughs> like that's like that's like actually kind of becoming my life right now, like, which is awesome. Yeah. Okay? But I've been working for it. Wow. Yeah. So you probably kept yourself pretty flat chat. Not too many frat parties and things like that. No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big drinker, so I don't. Uh, I don't got to worry about that. Plus, depending on the school you go to, sometimes the relationship between the sports and the frats aren't too good because I guess the frat boys get a little jealous of the sports guys because they get all the girls. Yeah, can't imagine why, hey? Um, all right. <laughs> Troy, uh, Troy, Troy Bolton can't walk around campus. Got <laughs> 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 to get your head in the game. Absolutely. That's the one. <laughs> no, well, so I suppose um, for Aussies, you know, the college football what we see over here and what's there like the experience it just looks like nothing we've got here um you know so what were some of your best experiences you've had during your playing time you know maybe places you've played stadiums and all those sorts of things yeah i think uh most recently uh you know if i think of i mean because i played five seasons here uh, i usually play four seasons i say five seasons because uh, in 2019 i got hurt so i played four games got hurt then came back for the the, the covid season which was just a bit yeah. of a wash um and mm. uh this past year but some of the coolest places, so we have bowl games at the end of the year, uh, which for people that aren't familiar with that, basically, if you win six games in the out of the 12-game season, you become bowl eligible. And then the, the more games you win, the uh, the better of a bowl game you go to and the, the better the bowl game is just the more gifts you get and the cooler of the place is. Um, my freshman year, we won 12 games um, out of 13. And so we only, we only lost uh, – wait, sorry. Did we lose? No, we lost two. We had 11. Yeah, we were 11 out of our uh, the first few. We won the championship. So that was awesome. Just got to play at Ford Field, yeah. uh, where the Lions play. Um, it was a cool experience because you're playing at an NFL stadium, but it wasn't packed. Like, yeah. it would, you know, there wasn't 100,000 people there. There was like 20,000 or something. So there was a lot of empty seats. Um, but it was still so awesome because, you know, you're playing there. But also, I'm coming from the MAC where we play midweek games, where like that year we also played at Ball State in front of 500 people. Yeah. but we're playing on a Tuesday night and then you come off after the game and you look on the ESPN app and you realize 13 million people watched it. So yeah. like, this is crazy. Like I was just on ESPN. Um, and that's, what's kind of cool about playing in the Mac is that, yeah, you're not at Alabama, but you know, people can watch your games pretty easy because you play midweek and you do these sorts of things. Um, that year as well uh, at my fourth game ever uh, was at Hard Rock Stadium against the U, against Miami. So that was just yeah. a cool program to play against. Um, and that was right after the Hurricanes in 17. So, like, they needed something, you know. And we, mm-hmm. we gave them a good game as well. So, like, that was – that's when we when we almost won that game. That was like, all right, wait, we got something here. We're going to have a chance mm-hmm. this year with this team. Um, so that was super, super exciting. Uh, then, you know, pushing up a couple of years, 2019, I played um, – played at Kentucky to open the season against Max Duffy. Uh, yep. So that was really cool to, to go out there and, and to see him. Um, it was always really cool to play against another Aussie, especially if it was a guy that you got to train with because you got to like kind of have that full circle moment of, hey, last time I seen you was a goshes, you know, <laughs> the, and now, you know, look at us, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're on the other side of the world. Um, and my life was just a mixing pot at that time because six weeks prior to me being at lexington kentucky i was in moscow russia so i was just all over the place you know like what is going on um and then most recently uh i got to play uh, at notre dame so and that was an awesome game that was the week before they played cincy 
um, and we almost beat them. So like that would have put them in a in a bit of a, a bit of a pickle. <laughs> would have hurt. Like, yeah, that would have been pretty cool. But you know, touchdown Jesus, all that sort of stuff. Probably one so of the cool. creepiest environments ever because they were so polite. Like really? I'm talking, the hotel we stayed at was just off campus by that St. Mary's campus or whatever. Yeah, right. They come in, they're playing. The workers there are wearing Toledo hats, Toledo masks, and uh, they're playing the Toledo fight song. And I was like, what's going on here? Every Notre Dame logo in the building was covered with a Toledo logo. I was like, yo, this is, they're being too nice to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is, I don't like this. We get to the, we get to the stadium and we get off and there's these old dudes standing at the gate. They go, welcome to Notre Dame. Welcome to Notre Dame. And it's like, oh my goodness. Like, and the locker room was beautiful. I was like, there is, there is something. There's got to be something in the water. Like they're getting us here. They're tricking us. They're, they're easing us in and they're going to just destroy us. Like what's happening? <laughs> but that was probably, uh, that was another really awesome experience. And I think the best thing as well is every one of those games, those really big games, I've always had a good game, you know, like, my first punt at Notre Dame was 68 yards out of bounds on the nine yard line. Like just a match, just a bloody bomb. Like it was so good. Yeah, that's huge. That's, that's what we were looking at. We we're kind of looking through some of your stuff. Like you had a big year in your freshman year playing with like Logan Woodside, Deontay Johnson. Like your team was pretty stacked Oh yeah. and winning the, winning the Mac. That's huge. Um, I guess, as you said before, like you're playing on Maction, is that's what it's called, isn't it? Maction on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, Maction. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've been watching, catching up with a bit of it this year. Um, Going back to when you said you went to Russia, I listened to a podcast you were on the other day and you said you got noted, like noticed in Russia. Well, I was walking. Oh, I'm talking about, how's this? How did I forget this part? Uh, with the bowl games, played in the Dollar General Bowl in 2017. And then in 2018, we went to the Bahamas. In mm. 19 and 20, we didn't go to a bowl game because in 19, we were the only six-win team that was ineligible, that, that what didn't make it. And in 2020, they, they only had like two bowl games. Like it was way less bowl games. So this past year, we played in the Bahamas again. So I played in the Bahamas twice. So I stayed. So for a week, I went to the Atlantis, stayed at the Atlantis for a week, just got to vacation and have a holiday there for free, at, at you know at a at a destination that people around the world are going to. People all over the world here paying hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars, and I'm paying nothing. Get a chartered jet in there with the team with my boys, and then we just you know we tear up the casino for a week. They're like, what's going on here? This is the best thing since sliced bread, but. Um, got to you know got to play there and that was just just pretty awesome but yeah what i had to get off my chest what was the question again sorry <laughs> oh no i was just saying like when i was listening i mean that's wild the fact that you got to stay at the Atlantis and spend that time there oh was just God. huge but yeah so oh, when you went to I russia like you said you got noticed yeah. yeah so uh where was i tivoskaya ulitsa <laughs> it means tivoskaya road and walking down there going to uh one of the metro stations going down the escalator and as I'm going down the escalator, I get to the bottom and I'm standing there and I, I, this guy is just staring at me and he's got, and I recognize it straight away. Cause obviously I used to, I played for the Western Crusaders. So I used to have a helmet and shoulder pads and I would walk around with it. And you always put your helmet inside your shoulder pads. So it's, it's hanging off and you just stand there and you walk around with it. I'm in Moscow, Russia and a guy's got a helmet and shoulder pads. And I'm staring at him like, what the heck? I don't have any Toledo stuff on. He's looking at me and he's just staring. I'm like, what's going on? He just screams out Bailey. And I was like, what the heck? Like, what's going on here? And then he's like saying, like, he doesn't speak any Alik English type shit. Well, he punts for his local team in Russia. And 12 million people watched our bowl game because it was played on uh, the 23rd of December. Hmm. And it was the only ESPN game that day. It was at noon. So it was a good time for them to see it in Russia. And he watched it on ESPN. And he remembered he chose to, he, and he used translator and was, he chose Toledo because he liked the colors. And mm. I was his favorite player because I was the punter and he punts as well. Now he also played linebacker, but he's like, nah, nah, I like punting. Like, I just thought that was cool, you know, because he was, because he's good at it because he played soccer. Then he was a goalie. Mm. So he knew everything about me. Wow. And he was following me. He was following. So this side, this is the other thing. He was following me on Instagram. So I think he, he would have known I was in Russia and I was yeah. in Moscow. You know what I mean? But so it wasn't like as like, cause I mean, I don't know if he would have jerried it was me if he didn't know I was there type thing. Hey, but still the bloke recognized me. I was like, this is, uh, this, this is pretty cool. Small yeah, world, hey. Oh my gosh, small world. But yeah, that was an intense experience. I thought that was really cool though. 
So you touched on a bit in 2019, you had a bit of an ankle injury that sort of knocked you out. Um, you know, how'd that sort of, how'd that go for you coming back for that one? Um, was it tough mentally or anything like that coming back from a long-term injury or was it pretty breezy, do you find? Super, super difficult. Yeah. It's, taken, it's taken me a very long time to get back from it, both mentally and physically, because not only did I have a season-ending injury, in, you know, on the other side of the world by myself, um, and I say by myself because it's like, yeah, you got your team and you got all that sort of stuff, but people don't. People don't understand what it's like being over here because once you leave the facility, they all everyone goes home and you know all that sort of stuff, and they got their parents and stuff like that. Like, well, it's, it's twelve o'clock in the afternoon. I can't call mum. Sleep. Yep. You know, like I, I don't know, like and and you know, most people when they if they have surgery or something like that, their parents will come in. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't afford five thousand dollars to get mum in. Plus, you know, she's not gonna be able to work for three weeks or however long she stays and it ain't it's not a holiday for her. She's coming in to just look after me. And I was like, what the heck? Like this isn't gonna work, you know. Um, so there was a bit of that sort of stress going on initially, and at first it wasn't too bad because I was like, you know, I like I'll I'll be fine, like, I'll figure this out. And then my my rehab was super quick. Like I, I did really, really well. I got back to walking faster than they thought mm-hmm. and, and all this good stuff. And then I came, you know, I actually went back to Australia. They said I wouldn't walk before going back to Australia. I was walking. I walked back to Australia, you know, when I was in Australia and stuff like that. Didn't have to have my scooter on the plane or anything. <laughs> and then, uh, the come back to America, we start spring, like we start our winter workouts and we're going through, it's going good. My rehab's going good. I'm walking. You know, we're about to start running. And then just before we start running, um, we have spring break for a week. Uh, we come back and that's, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like I'm feeling real good. I'm, I'm, I'm real, real strong upper body wise. And on my right leg, I was real strong because we left it up. Yeah. And it was COVID. Um, ah. So, you know, no one's, you're, 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 you're ill. You know, no one wants to touch you no more. You know what I mean? Like, and I needed hands-on treatment for where I was at, you know, when I was doing that running stuff because I had to get needling and I was getting all this sort of stuff. And that's that's kind of the point in my treatment process that I was at. And I had had some of that done already. Um, but I also had no one to guide me on what it was that I was doing. Like we were trying to do it. Like the trainer, he wasn't supposed to go into the building, but he did me a real solid favor. And he went to the building and he took out some of the equipment and bring, brought it to my house and just dropped it off the front, you know, and just, and just drove off. He's like, just fucking get it back to me. Yeah, sweet. So I was able to do some of my exercises at home. And it was real weird, you know, like, but, and I'd be on FaceTime with him and he's got his kid there, you know, and it was just like that, that initial sort of, you know, when, you know, when COVID hit, how everyone was just like, what's, what are we doing here? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we come back to play football and, you know, I'm, I'm doing much better. And I've just started to punt maybe once or twice. And I'm like, Oh God, like it's, I feel like I've got no power coming through the ball. And I'm like, this is, I'm like relearning how to kick now. Uh, and then the season gets canceled. So they go, all right, cool. We can just kind of reset a little bit here. We're going to be all right. Like you've got a whole nother year. You're going to get another year of eligibility. Like we'll just reset and we'll, we'll start your, your rehab process again. Like da, 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 da. Like we'll go through it all, get it all back, get you back. Cool. So, you know, we stop punting, you know, just you know, playing football, uh, get back onto the rehab sort of stuff and just figure this out. Well, then we start, we're punting, we're playing again. <laughs> and now we find out we're playing again, like two weeks before playing, two, three weeks before playing. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, so, you know, they got to kick a couple of times before we play a game and then we come out and play our first game. And man, I can't kick over a jam tin. Like I'm struggling to kick a 40 yard ball. Yeah. And I'm like, literally it's that point now where mentally I'm looking at it and I'm like, I've got no purchase through the ball. Like I've got no power coming up through it. Um, and I was like, man, this is bad. You know, and I got in a pretty bad mental state uh, by the end of that season as well. And it was like, I hit it. I hit it real well. Um, I got voted a captain that year. Uh, you know, in the preseason, because I was pushing real hard and I was working out really well in the mm-hmm. weight room and that sort of stuff. And I was really pushing other guys, but I was doing that. I feel, well, I can look back now and say it, but I was doing that in a way, I think, to kind of hide from myself and my own issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I didn't, I thought it would just come back. I didn't realize how hard I actually had to work to get it to come back. Um, and then also, what I didn't realize, and, you know, one of the couple of the coaches helped me out with this is like, you can't punt the same way anymore because my body's different. And that's what I realized. I tore every ligament in my ankle, which means I don't have the same dorsiflexion in my left ankle and my left ankle no. is my, that's my plant leg. So I can't get in the same position. And you guys have seen photos of me kicking. I'll kick very high. So I <laughs> need flexion in my left ankle to be able to get up that high or else I come up on my toes and dump my weight into my back, my lower back, taking yeah. away all the power. I didn't know this then. I know this now. 
So, you know, fast forward through that season, I was like, what's going on? I was like, all right. Started eating too much. I was pushing 240 now. I was like, all right, I'm 110 kilos. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I got to I gotta cut this off. I don't feel good, you know, like what's, what's going on here? So I was like, sat down with myself, looked in the mirror, literally looked in the mirror. And I was like, all right, figure it out. And then I just started to optimize absolutely everything that I did in my life from my sleep to my eating to my training habits, to just my social habits, stop drinking completely um, to the point where I'll drink maybe three times a year, if that. Last year, yeah. I drank twice. I drank once after wow. our last game at, at home because I was like, just wanted to celebrate with my mates. For sure. Didn't really drink that much, you know? Like, it was just like, it was just a couple of couple of drinks with the boys sort of thing. Um, and then kind of just gradually made... Uh, made improvements and in and, and last season you know that was where i was toying with a lot of things each week i was changing something up you know just to see how i was going because my overall goal has always been the nfl and yeah. i was like you know what like yeah you got to do really really well in your senior season which i did okay i didn't do phenomenal i know that but at the same time since finishing there and all my training and the way that how meticulous i've been with my preparation etc and that paid off last week on my pro day so i killed it yeah you know so it's like um i was able to figure out all these things over the time and i used that and um i i one of the scouts came up to me on pro day and he goes what can you work on i said experience he said well what do you mean i said well if you think about it, i didn't punt growing up whereas every other punter you're gonna that's an american guy he's gonna he's gonna know that I also didn't play very many other sports so i've had all these rookie mistakes that i made through college I made those same mistakes. They're the same mistakes all these other kids made in high school sports or in that high school age. You know, I mean, just little, little things that maybe turned out pretty bad. The difference is I had 30,000 people watching me and I was on ESPN. So it hurt me a little, it cut me a little oh, deeper. Yeah. Also means that now I've gotten a lot stronger from that, you know? So that's- Oh, absolutely. That's yeah, it, I mean, that's, that's what, it's a huge credit to you because I know like personally for both of us, I know Zach's had an ankle injury and he's had surgery. And I've gone through a few major injuries myself. I know we're not playing at the same level as you, but when people see an injury that they've never been injured before, they just look at the injury itself and be like, oh yeah, six to eight weeks, he's had surgery, he'll be back. But there's so much more to it than that. Like the, the, the mental side of it, especially as you just alluded to, isolated, no family, no friends, COVID hit. And like just that mental side of it, like I know for myself, like trying to get back into running, it's just a huge hurdle. And you've got to go back out and play in front of 30,000 people, as you just said. I mean, that's a credit to you because that mental stuff can really trip you up and sort of set you back so far, but you've sort of bounced back from and found that sort of motivation internally to get yourself to where you are now. So that's amazing. I appreciate that. I suppose a bit on college, um, the landscape sort of changed recently with the name, image and likeness deals coming in for athletes. Um, but a big thing for that hit on you was international athletes weren't allowed to dip out of this because of your visa and things like that. But uh, we sort of had a look then. However, you know, it saw, seemed like you saw this as an opportunity to help others out. You know, do you want to tell us a bit more about your involvement with the My First Days Early Childhood Centre and the T-shirts and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, i got a, I got a sitting right here. Yes. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, I have a pretty, uh, I've got a big social media like platform for <laughs> a, you know, for a, a group of five punter. You're not mm. going to see many guys with like, you know, the, the platform necessarily that I have to be able to reach people. So I was like, okay, this is going to benefit me very well. You know, I'll, I'll have some, uh, you know, some pretty healthy transactions coming my way. I was looking forward to it all. Come to find out I can't make any money from it. And I was pretty devastated mm. because I had some offers on the table for a lot of money. And wow. I was like, wow, this is like, this kind of sucks, you know? Um, and, you know, people were still prepared to do it, but I was like, oh man, if I do it, like what a, Someone catches me out here. It's like, yeah, it'd be great. I have 10 grand in the bank. But like, mate, I might get deported. Because I'm like, I'm, like <laughs> I'm messing with the government here. This ain't necessarily NCIA. And that's the thing. It ain't the NCIA. It's a, it's a government. It's a student F1 visa, like all that sort of stuff. And I hope they can, they can change it. But I found a bit of a loophole. And I was like, well, and when I say I found a bit of a loophole, I kind of, I actually met with a, uh, I say several, literally four different lawyers. And every one of them said, don't do this. Um, but I uh, basically, I, I said to them, uh, when, I, when I spoke with them, I was like, listen, if this is the reason that I get deported, then I don't want to be in that country, mm. right? Because what I did was used my name, image, and likeness 
to create that t-shirt for another company that had nothing to do with me for them to make and sell. I didn't make a single one of those t-shirts. I didn't sell a single one of those t-shirts and 100% of all the profits that should have went to me were written out uh, in a check to my first day's daycare. So I was like, how do I get in trouble for that? Like what, like what's the difference of me buying a shirt and posting it on my story? Because I don't even know where the, I got the bag around you somewhere. <laughs> Just because I knew some, some smart Alec might try me. <laughs> Is there a receipt, all right, for jute mode? Yep. My own bloody shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you're out of so you're, you're out of pocket here, 25 bucks. I'm out of pocket, 25 bucks. And they're getting a healthy five grand in the bank. <laughs> oh, no, nah, but I knew, I knew. I was like, you know what? If someone ever tried to get me in any sort of trouble, mate, and if I was in court for that, and they're about to get me deported, and I could show them that, and they're like, no, that doesn't count. I don't want to be in this country. And that's quite mm. literally, I don't, because if, that, if they're the sort of people, you know, that, that, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Like, that was like, that was like the line in which I was like, you know what? Like, man, I got, I got other stuff going on. I could do well anywhere else in the world if I had to. And I don't want that to be the case. And that's not me trying to like, oh, big wig it and be like, no, I don't have to be here. Like, I will, of course I want to be here. But if, come on, but come on. If that's the sort of people I'm going to be around, I don't want to be around those people. Um, so yeah, I made the most of it and, uh, and, and ended up, ended up raising, um, I had two two Mac desktop computers donated. They were about two grand each, um, so four four grand there, and then uh, cash. Uh, it was four thousand five hundred eighteen dollars. There you go. Huge. Not um, bad. So I hand that check over to them last a couple of weeks ago. It was pretty awesome to see all the kids and put a photo up on the Instagram. And all the kids had their shirts on because because uh, when you bought a shirt, you could buy an extra one to donate. Uh, yep, yep. Staff member and kid got a shirt as well. And it was so funny because they only made so small sizes and they got infants in there. So these kids are swimming in them. <laughs> but you spent a fair bit of time with them, didn't you? Like I've seen that you've sort of gone reading there. And so just like help Yeah. Me. Community service for me has always been a really big thing because they came from, mm. you know, from, I mean, are you guys from Melbourne? No. Nah, so uh, we're both from Canberra. Canberra. Okay. Both in Canberra. Have you been out to Melbourne? Yeah. Yep. Yes. So I'm from Geelong originally, born in Geelong, but yeah. So we oh, you know, where you know, Werribee. I do, yep. You know, Werribee's not the best best thing since sliced bread. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Werribee, Hoppers Crossing, it's a reasonably low socioeconomic area, especially when I was growing up. We didn't have nothing. You know what I mean? Like, that wasn't like, oh, yeah, yeah you, you didn't go without necessarily, but like, mate, there was some rough, that's a, that's a rough area. For sure. I mean? like, but um, you're right on the cusp, you're right on zone three, you know, you're on the last, it's the last stop of the train station. You know, you're, you get it from Flinders, like, yeah, you, you can fall asleep on a train because it ain't going any further. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what's going on. But, um, so I like always kind of understood, you know, like if I had a, had a, um, a way to be able to give back, you know what I mean? Like I, I wanted to do that. Um, where first day's daycare is, they are, 10 minutes away from Ottawa Hills. Think about Toledo, the University of Toledo is on one side of campus. You can buy a house for $30,000. On the other side of campus, you can buy a house for half a million dollars. Yeah. Right on the edge of Ottawa Hills and like the rest of Toledo. Ottawa Hills is like a village class thing. Um, so that's super, super interesting because you have a lot of different types of people in the area. So you see these, these roads that have got terrible potholes and you've got G-wagons driving on. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, you've got a car that looks like it's going to fall apart. And these kids that are at the um, first day's daycare, they don't have very much, if anything at all, some of which I found out some of their parents can't even read to them because either they don't have the time or they can't read. So I was like, okay, well, what, what can I do to help that? Because a lot of, you know, a lot of these kids have tablets and, and little little things here and there, or they can get their parents' phone. Everyone's got a bloody phone these days, like to where they've got some sort of internet connection, um, no matter what class you live in. But uh, so what I did is because I was going in there uh, weekly and I was reading books to them all, yeah. and then I realized I was like, well, what do they do when I go home? Because me reading books to them in the day, all that's doing is supplementing the teacher reading the books to them. Yeah. So I was like, all right, how about this? Use my degree. I'm, I know how to set up all the cameras and do all this editing and all that sort of stuff. So I set up a couple cameras, um, used the help of the the, um, the video guys at Toledo and, you know, put a polo on and I read some books. I read their favorite books. 
uh, edited them together, edited them together and put them on YouTube and gave them the link so the kids can watch them whenever they want. They can watch that. You can have their favorite book read to them any night of the week, you know, whenever, whenever they want to do that. And I continued to do that uh, through COVID as well, because I wasn't able to go in there. So don't worry. When she doesn't want to do it one day and she doesn't want to read a book, she's, she chucks it straight up on the TV, you know, like she can, she can do that, you know, which is, uh, it's just pretty funny. Uh, yeah, that's huge. Is there um, any plans going forward doing more or are these t-shirts still available to buy at the moment? Um, yeah, yeah, so what's they, the plan with this going forward? They, they stopped the, um, I, I told them, I was, I was like, can you just leave it open? Like, what's the, what's the issue? And I guess yeah. the way they do it is because they're, they're, they're not, they weren't doing it like that. And I was like, okay. So it was just like a pre, they did like a pre-sale thing or whatever it was. So they did it for only a certain amount of time. Um, hmm. So the t-shirts are no longer uh, being sold. But I mean, they have the capability to bring them back should, you know, should anything happen. And I mean, it's something that I'd look to do again. Um, definitely something that I would look to probably do myself next time, uh, yeah. you know, because that way I can get more money from it so that I can put more money into whatever it is. Um, but, you know, other than that, like I've been, you know, going in and I want to, uh, I'm going to help out with, you know, all of their stuff getting set up. Um, they just, this is the first time they've ever had anyone give them any money at all. Um, and then recently a lot of government grants and things like that, that they were relying on all got cut. So they had, a, they were missing out on a lot of stuff and now they don't have to worry about that, you know, which is, which is super cool. Um, which makes me, you know, feel great. And the kids have got computers now so they can do their work because they have, uh, they have toddlers. Uh, they have like literally infants all the way to like school age kids. So the school age kids can't, weren't, weren't able to do any homework because if they did a book report or something like that, like they, they couldn't write it because they couldn't research anything. So now they can because they can get on the internet and they can get on a computer and all that sort of stuff. So that was all good. But no, I'm definitely doing a lot of stuff. Uh, the agent that I signed with, with Longevity Sports, Ron Hawthorne, he's really big into giving back and, and community service and things like that. And, uh, you know, we've we've spoken about a lot of things um, and ways that we can honestly do some pretty cool stuff, youth camps and things like that, um, you know, coming, coming into the future. Obviously, the first priority is making a team. And all that, all that good stuff. And I actually had someone say to me yesterday, I was meeting with one of my mentors and he's like, Bailey, you got to think about like, worry about this first, you know, before you're worrying about all that sort of stuff. And I was like, man, I can only worry so much about the bloody NFL. If I'm not on the phone <laughs> talking, man, man, I'm not at the gym. I can't be thinking about it all the time. So I'm going to be ready Absolutely. for nothing. I'd rather be ready for nothing than not ready when it comes. And I guess what? I'm going to be ready. So <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I got to say about that. Oh, for sure. And like, I suppose that's the thing. And I know you've said that before with Australia is probably similar, but America, especially like disparity between the classes and the people there, like you've got people with serious amount of money and you've got people with not a lot of money. And I suppose, as you said, different cities and I suppose Toledo, Ohio, I suppose is probably we've, we've been to America as well. And we know, like you say, cities and it's just crazy going from one end to the other. And the chief difference is just phenomenal. It's so close here. How quick yeah. you get from one bit to the other. I feel like, you know, you're in, all right you're in Geelong you can have nice areas of Geelong I get that mm -hmm. you know there's there's probably some pretty rough areas of Geelong and then you Ooh, come yeah. out to Werribee yeah it's kind of all right areas in Werribee you know I mean it's more just where the riffraff isn't at and you know yeah. mm -hmm. um same deal with hoppers and all those sorts of things Point Cook yeah there's some all right areas maybe Sanctuary Lakes you start to get into a bit of a better area but I tell you right now there's some bad shit going on in Sanctuary Lakes but like you know, and, and as you get to the city, you know, it obviously starts to go up and up and up. And then you get over to the east and you're in the Brightons Ooh. and all that. Sort of stuff. It's like, all right, now you get some money here. But over here, it's literally, I could drive five minutes and be at a million dollar home and then go to a house that's boarded up and it's literally a trap house. Trap house being the yep. place where they sell drugs. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. So, look, we alluded at the start of the interview uh, that you've got an abundance of talent, not just on the footy field. As you said, you're a big singer. Um, we've had a look on your Spotify, Flinley, for any of those who don't know. Uh, look, and we've loved a fair few of your tunes. There was the Badman song, and I think sort of the Christmas album we had a run through. That was pretty good, hey? <laughs> I, I had so much fun doing that. Did you hear yeah. the Did you hear the Baby It's Cold Outside? Yeah. Oh, pisser. <laughs> you, know, you know who the girl is? No. no. That's me. Bullshit. Really? That's me singing both. I'm singing both. That's go amazing. Back go back and listen to it. You can hear it. Well, we're going to have to re-listen to that. Just <laughs> yeah. Like, did you just... yeah. I just wanted to, like me and my mate, like we wanted to like just test ourselves. Like, you know, we're just like, what could we do here? So mm -hmm. we produced the whole thing. Like obviously the, the music's already out there because they're covers. Um, but mm. all those instruments like had to be, had to have been played. 
um, we had the notes, yeah, but they had to have been played. So I had people do that, um, you know, in, in the sort of team that I work with for, for all my music stuff, which is like, that's actually, you know, it's crazy. I was, I was having an interview with an NFL team and they said, well, what do you want to do? Like, is, is music like you, you want to do that full time? I said, mate, I'm just, this is a hobby. You know what I mean? Like, I, just, I do it for fun because it is fun. You know what I mean? I like, I make the songs that I want to listen to, you know? I like yeah. Christmas songs, so I made a Christmas album. You know what I mean? Like, I did it because, like, Why not? who, you know, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, who wouldn't? You know, it was fun. It was really fun to do. And I get to be like, hey, listen, you hear that girl? Do you know who that girl is? And they're like, no, it's me. <laughs> we would have had no idea. That's awesome. That's why, if you look at it, it's featuring Haley Blint instead of Bailey Flint. Uh-huh. Did not pick up on that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like, I mean, we've listened to a bit of your stuff, like main characters. I kind of like that song, a bit of a yeah. ballad, a bit different. Love the way, is it Rosé as well, that one? Yeah, Rosé. Yeah, some good songs. I mean, yeah, is, as you just said, is it like, is it another avenue or just another thing that you like to do? No, it's like, like obviously, obviously uh, like anything, it can always, can always start to go. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, I go to the NFL and have a large following of people listening to my stuff and then it starts to go really well. And you know what I mean? Like NFL, not for long, right? You know what I mean? You don't know how long you're going to last. <laughs> you don't know what's what's going to happen um you know but that's why all my theater stuff and, and you know it's all, it's all gone really well like you know, i'm in a really good spot right now like i've got my nfl agent i also have a uh an agent in the cfl and i have an acting agent so i'm like set up with a team around me and they're like i literally got a message from my theater agent today who knows nothing about football so he's like where are you playing and i was like don't know yet ask me at the end of the end of april you know like <laughs> i will know i will know april 30 where i'm gonna go like, I, I, you know what I mean? Because by then, that's the end of the draft. So it's either get drafted or sign a free agent deal. Or if I don't sign a free agent deal, then it's go to the CFL. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, figure it out. You know, just just being ready for everything. Obviously, I know exactly where my mind is. And I know where, where I, you know, obviously, you can think where you're going to go and all that sort of stuff. And I'm saying very positive. Um, but also, you got to stay super realistic with yourself. And, and, and you know, after having the, the week that I did last week and, the you know, the feedback that I got, it is super realistic for me to say that I'm going to play in the NFL. So... You know, we'll see how it all goes. So you're talking, obviously, in short term, the main goal is obviously the NFL. But um, I suppose one thing that you see over here is college football is like the reserves, I suppose. And then once you hit finish college football, there's not doesn't seem like there's too many options outside of, you know, sitting on a team or potentially going to the CFL. Do you, is your plan, um, like, not that this is going to happen, but is the plan to sort of stay in the US if football doesn't uh, materialise or are you looking to come home? No, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, um, that is the the full thing. My mum will hate me for saying this because she said you can, only be, you can only be positive and only talk about going to the NFL. Only say that, only say that. But like, the, the I'm I'm pre- fully prepared to stay over here in the states. I've got I'm set up with uh, I got job offers in all different you know all these different industries and things from be it from sales to marketing to all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, uh, I've I've done really well at uh, networking since being over here, and it has helped me out to a point where. I could walk into a green card very easily, um, you know, in different, in different avenues and, and things like that. And I have people that are prepared to, to support me, um, you know, all the, all the way to the end, which is uh, super, super fantastic. And it's like, it makes it really easy to like commit to what I'm doing, you know? So it made it really easy for me this semester to, you know, go, I went out to California to train um, and I worked full time with people out in California. I was working with a guy, who, uh, from biomet- uh, biometric, which they do 3D scans of you, like as you're punting. Uh, I was working, working with Nick Novak, uh, Cody Smith, like these guys that are, uh, are out there in San Diego doing just kickers, punters, you know, that's all they specialize in. Um, and then I'm going up and getting treatment and I'm on the treatment table and Desmond Ritter's next to me, you know, getting his, the, the, the ending of his treatment. And then I get done and, and, when I'm leaving Sam Donald's walking in to go get his stuff done. Like I'm in the right spot. I'm around the right people. I'm in the right environments. Um, and I put myself there so that I could see, you know, um, see these things kind of come to fruition. Like my goals come to fruition. And that's why like, I, I keep bringing this back, but like pro day for me was like, man, what a stress. Like I was stressing out so bad. I didn't know how many teams were going to be there. And then I was like, you know what, Bailey, like all you need is one team to be there and you'll be all right. And that's what I had a couple of coaches say to me. It's like, Bailey, it doesn't matter. You just need one guy to be there. I was on the phone to Brett Kern. So uh, Brett Kern is the punter for the Titans and he's been there for mm-hmm. 12, 13 years. He yeah. punted for Toledo. So I know him. 
Um, mm. And he's been, a, he's been a really good mentor for me. But, you know, he was like, Bailey, it's like I had one team at my pro day and like I've been in the league for this long. Like, you, you know, you just need one team to be there. And then our pro day was supposed to be, I was supposed to go first. And then an hour before it all started, they're like, you're going to go last now. The reason oh. issues because we had 28 teams there. I was like, I'm going to have 28 teams watching me punt. And now mm. they're last. So they're going to have to sit around for three and a half hours. And then I have to expect them to come over and watch me. But I was like, you know what? At least now I know everyone that walks through that gate because I was outside uh, is there to see me punt. Yeah. I had 10 teams come and watch. So I was like, okay, my opportunity is here. I've been working for this. Don't let, you know, it's not going to get to you now. But he started kicking and I was like, I started started kind of slow. Not, not, I was kicking good, but I wasn't kicking mm. great. I was like, no, nah, this ain't you, Bailey. Come on. And then I shanked one. And then I just took a breath. Next ball came out. I literally kicked a 64-yard punt out of bounds on uh, kicking right, out of bounds on the one-yard line. And then I did it again, 63. And then I did it again, and it checked yes. up on the five, 60 yards. And then I went to the left, and I did the same kick three times in a row. And I was like, this is how I've been kicking. Like, now I'm, now I'm in my groove. I was a little bit nervous at the start, you know. I was, like, just trying to crush it too much. I was like, no, nah, just do your thing. And I started doing my specialty kicks. And then you're only supposed to kick, like, 12, 15 kicks. And then the scouts came out, and they were all talking. They're like, we want to see some more. Like, we want to see you rip it down the middle. Like, just kick it as, you know, as high as you can get it. And I was kicking to the returners, and they usually time it from your foot to when it hits the ground. Mm. I was kicking to the returners, and uh, the, the guy at the Packers said he got me at a 5-3 hang to where he caught it, which is massive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And But I was kicking him 60, 70 yards. I was just killing the ball. But it was so awesome because that's what I've been doing for the last six weeks. I've been going uh, in California. That's what I was doing when I've, when I've been training by myself, that's what I've been doing. And I've got it on film, but it's like, no one's seen it. And now I got to like, I got to go out there and got to do it in front of all these people. And like, they saw it, like they actually, they, they got to see that this is what I'm capable of. And it was so cool. Cause I had these scouts coming up to me after it and they were like, Holy shit. Good, good job. <laughs> you know? And I was like, man, like, this is like, pretty crazy like no scouts ever spoken to me and now they're coming up to me introducing themselves I was like this is freaking awesome yeah <laughs> oh it's unbelievable because i know you sent us that message and we, we were stoked for you as soon as you send the message i think that was from the Steelers, if you don't mind me saying um it, like that's super cool and i suppose that's what they're looking for if those sticking around as you said they're sticking around to watch you they're there to watch you they didn't just stay from the start and go oh we'll watch this guy and then we'll watch a few exactly others right i knew every but one the- of them there to see yeah the repetition that you got, I suppose, those kick after kick is what they're looking for, those huge bombs, and you're just doing it one after the other. I mean, it sets yourself up. I mean, we're hoping that you are hopefully one of those teams is the Ravens or the Broncos, as we are massive fans of those. I will, but, I will say this. I'm pretty sure that out of all the teams, I spoke 29 teams took our Pro Day film, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was the Broncos, the Bengals, and one other, and the Falcons didn't take it. So so I don't know. Ooh. And I don't know if they were there. They were there during the day. I don't know if they were there watching me punt because I didn't like see exactly which teams were there. I, seen, I just yeah. seen the ones that spoke to me. Um, yeah. But uh, so I knew there was at least five, you know, five teams. There was, de- I mean, I know there was more than that because like my agent, mm-hmm. was, my agent was there too. And it was pretty cool. He said they were like, whoa, you know, like, hearing them all hearing them all as, as i was punting and it was dead silent too so like i could hear them talking that's like, wild nerve-wracking as anything <laughs> did you cop any of like the you know the questions that they like do in the interviews when they go to the combine do you get any of those weird sort of questions um so i got asked a few things like um you know they ask you like if i called up this person what would they say about you you know like you get a lot of that sort of stuff and it's like yeah. okay if i ask your teammates what would they say about you? You know, what would, what, what would your teammates say about you? They don't give a shit what you think about yourself. Mm. Um, they want to know what you, you reckon your teammates will say about you. And if I called you, if I spoke to your head coach, you know, what would he say about you? You better hope you get that right, I guess, you know? <laughs> like, um, that was a bit of an interesting one. The, the, the most peculiar thing I did uh, was for one team, they had me fill out this, uh, it was like a, oh, I want to say it was like a personality questionnaire mm. it took me like 15 20 minutes and it was like word association like gave you four words and said rank them to most like you to least like you and it's like some of the words are like very similar and it's like oh shit like am i tough it's like tough loyal honest it's like 
oh shit, what am I least like? You know, my I'm not honest, <laughs> but I am tough. Like I don't know, you know. <laughs> so like I don't know how I don't know how they like quantify all that and, and get that going. But I mean, shit, mm. I, I gave that the best crack I could. But other than that, they kind of just nothing too too crazy. The biggest thing they they're looking for trauma. Like that's the that's the biggest thing when speaking to my mates and stuff that have been interviewed as well. Is like we all just relate on that. Like they're looking for trauma. They're looking for issues. Um, because the good things about you are out there, the bad things are hidden, you know. Like if you want to know the good things about Bailey Flint, it's not hard to find that information because you can ask someone, Hey, what's so good about him? You know, or da-da-da-da. Like you can find that pretty easy. It's how do you find the stuff that I'm hiding, you know? Um, not that I'm hiding anything, but it's like, you know, people, you know, people could be very well like hiding those sorts of things. And I'm I've just been honest the whole time, like that, you know, because I, I realize as well. Um, it was last Thursday, I had a workout with one team and I interviewed with the, another team in the morning and they'd asked me, you know, what are you doing for rest of the day? I said, well, I've got to work out. I said, okay, good luck with that. And he texted me after and he was like, how'd the workout go? And I was like, I wonder how many people would just turn around and say, oh, I just absolutely killed it and da 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 Because I mean, it was a 25 kilometer an hour wind in my face when I was punting. So my, mm-hmm. first, my first four punts, they didn't go much over 40 yards. Like they weren't very pretty. The direction was good, but like, it was not a, like an impressive kick. Now the coach said I did really well for the, you know, for the, um, for being out there in that wind, but still it was like, what am I going to do? So I told him, I was like, yeah, first, first six were shit house. And then, then I flipped around and I started doing real well. And then wind died down a bit and I was kicking back into it and was crushing it. And, you know, da, 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 da. just told him the truth because he very well could have called that coach. They know each other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They all know each other, mate. So I don't know. Pretty interesting. <laughs> no, it's pretty wild, I suppose. So looking at um, yeah, it's been a wild journey for you, as you said. So wrapping up, uh, what's the plans coming up? Obviously, the draft. That's probably the main focus now. Um, you're just pretty much heavy into just keeping on top, keeping fresh, and then you know waiting for that day, I suppose. Yeah, literally. So you know, it was it was all getting ready for pro day, and then pro day came and went. Uh, and then, you know, I was about to just, I wanted to take a day off or whatever, but then I had a workout. So it was like, all right, just get ready for that. Gave myself the weekend, started yesterday, Monday, just back on my plan that I was doing, um, you know, back in, you know, back in January, I'm back on just the same, the same grind, just regular, you know, squat, you know, you know, heavy lower, heavy upper, mm-hmm. take a rest, punt and movement stuff, uh, rehab and, and, you know, upper body stuff, Saturday, big kick day. And just just back to a Sunday rest. And I'm just going to go through that, kind of tone it down a little bit because at any point now you can get a phone call and it's like, all right, we're going to fly you out for a workout next Monday. And it's mm-hmm. on, on, on Friday or something like You don't know. It could be as quick as anything. Um, I'm sticking around here for the next two weeks until the 11th. There's a couple of things, um, you know, that I uh, stay around here for with the, um, with the T-shirts. Yep. yep. I'm, getting a, I'm getting an award for from the Red Cross. Uh, over nice. here in the States, yeah for community service so that's kind of awesome so i've got to do a, a video acceptance speech on the chance that something happens where i can't make it on the, the evening so i'm pretty pretty pumped about that and then uh but yeah so i'm sticking around here for a couple weeks and i'll go back to california go back to what i was doing out there training out there and stuff like that and you know the the, the 30th i think will be the i mean the 30th is going to be the day that's four mm. five six and seven those rounds and then the way it works is, and this is what I got from my agent. He was saying that, um, you know, teams that are interested in you. We'll send you a free agent deal uh, if that's what they want to do. But they can send that as soon as they want. Mm-hmm. Right? Theoretically, theoretically, could be sent a free agent deal tomorrow. It would not happen um, until the end of the draft. But once they know kind of where people are going, because the other teams know who, what other teams are looking for, et cetera, and stuff like that. And they know where you're at rank-wise, yeah. like if you're going to be a draft guy or not. Um, and, and should you, should you not be drafted in those light, later rounds, um, they can pretty much be like, okay, well, no one else needs a punter and, or there's only one more punter that's probably going to get drafted. And we think this is like, this guy's number two or whatever it is. Um, let's send him a free agent deal. So he has it in hand. And then as soon as the last pick, the Mr. Irrelevant is done, uh, then you can sign and make your decision. And it's like, it's pretty on the spot. Like, uh, he said it's it, it's a pretty quick turnaround. They, they might call you up and say, "All right, we've got a free agent deal for you. We'll give you twenty grand to come here up front, and that's it." Uh, I'm going to call back in five minutes. I need your decision. Wow. You know, it could be anything like that, and not necessarily will be five minutes or whatever it is. But he said it's pretty it's pretty quick. So the biggest thing for me over the next couple of weeks is everyone that I speak to, um, 
you know, obviously making notes on those sorts of things uh, to understand which coaches I build a relationship with because they're recruiting you right now. You know, there's a couple of coaches that are talking to me, you know, every couple of days to see how I'm doing because, Mm. you know, those guys. And I mean, I could say the team because it's like the Packers. The Packers are not going to draft a punter because they just signed Pat O'Donnell for like $4 million for guaranteed for next year. So like they're going to, he's playing there but they want to bring a guy in to play the preseason. So they're trying to figure out who that guy's going to be. So, you know, I interviewed with them and they're going to interview all the other punters that they're interested in just to see who they are. And he said, the biggest thing is like, we know if guys can punt or not. He's like, I watched all your film. I know you can punt. I need to make sure you're going to be the right fit as a person. You know, that's where all those questions come in. What do you, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so things like that, um, just just understanding because very well, I could have, on the, you know, should I not get drafted? I could have 32 offers in front of me. I don't know. Or I could have one and I don't have to make a decision. You know, it's just yeah. a yes because I don't have any others, you know. Um, but my agent said that from what he's been speaking to, uh, what teams he's been speaking to, et cetera, um, that he's confident that I should have a couple. Um, you know, so we'll just we'll just see how it goes. You know, there's, uh, there's only so many positions available. And I'm ready, like, to, to play football no matter what. So I'm set up for the CFL, should that be. I'm in the global draft for the CFL, so I'll be ready to go there if that happens. And, um, yeah, be prepared to do that uh, should I need to. Beautiful. Yes. Sweet. Well, it sounds like it's all, you know, you've got it all set up. It's all ready to go. And whatever comes your way, you'll be able to work through it and kill it. Absolutely. So, look, man, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Um, thank you for your time. We really wish you good luck and we hope to see more of you absolutely in the NFL for sure. Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real.